Hey, welcome to edition 12 of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. And a very big welcome back to my co-host, Jamie, as known as FPL Cantona. How are you today, Jamie? Yeah, g'day, Dimmer. It's great to be back after missing last week's episode. So I'm happy to get right back into it after an in- interesting week. Yeah, very interesting week it was. Very short uh, turnarounds at the moment. So we'll, uh, I think we'll just get straight into it because there's so much to cover in such a short period of time. So uh, how'd, how'd you go last week, Jamie? How's the wrap-up? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got the 48 points. Uh, a small red arrow, so I'm currently sitting at 140,000 overall. Look, to put it plainly, it was just a really surprising week of results. Um, no, you know, the, the, the talk, you know, from the last couple of weeks has been about the midfield. No midfielders returned for me with Zaha, Maddo, KDB and Martinelli. Um, and then out of all the defenders I was considering bringing in for James, I brought the bloke in who blanked, Dunk. Whereas, you know, Doherty, Kilman and Justin got the clean sheet. So a bit stiff. But anyway, we take it. I've got the two free transfers and we move on. How did you go? Yeah, did okay. 53 points after rolling the transfer. Uh, seventh green arrow in a row. So now up to 51,000 with wild cards still in the uh, slump sleeve at the moment. So and that's I'm probably planning on using that game week 13. So just going to have to try to navigate through 12 at the moment. I've got a few sort of headaches, but I don't want a wild card this week. I'll be saving for the following week. Uh, I guess my standouts were Pope and uh, Trippier, finally keeping a clean sheet, even though it was against our mob, Man United. Six points each. Saliba, five points after Arsenal um, winning to nil, but he did get a yellow card when they considered the penalty for a handball. Mitrovic back, which was a bit of a shock for everyone, scoring seven points. But once again, it was my boy Tony who came up trumps for the whopping 12-pointer to start the game week. So the rank went up considerably after that first match, which was quite nice. Then saw it slowly come back down to earth. But overall, pretty happy to get the seventh uh, green arrow in a row this week. So moving on to what caught my eye from last week's fixtures. So, look, there were 10 teams on the weekend kept a clean sheet, um, which once again bucked the trend uh, during recent times where the start of the year everyone was going big at the back and then everyone moved, you know, more so towards the forwards having three strikers and then pretty much all, all, the, all the money got spent through the middle of the last couple of weeks, which as we've just heard from Jamie, didn't work over the weekend. So. Um, we had six goalkeepers score 10 or more points over the last game week, which was just unbelievable. Probably something that we've never seen and probably something that we'll probably never see ever again. You know, if you think about that, that's one out of two. Yeah, I don't remember that uh, ever happening. So just goes to, you know, just goes to show that it's just a crazy week in FPL. A lot of mayhem, you know, short turnaround times, Champions League, blank game week next week. So, yeah. Just really funny. Yep. And the fact that Ward also kept a clean sheet was a shock for all of us as well. Um, what else caught my eye? I'm unsure how Skamaka from West Ham didn't get a return. He was in everything on the weekend. He was lively. He was shooting from 30 yards, just missing. He was, he was. Uh, I think he might have hit uh, the woodwork on on uh, uh, during the match as well. He was just in everything. So he's probably one to watch. The return of Alexandra Mitrovic was great to see. Uh, Andreas getting a attacking return as well for the second week in a row, even though he was sitting on my bench uh, over the last game week. Kane, 
continues to punish all of those who have chosen to avoid him this year. And he has returned every week since round one. So he's having a ripping season. And I think we might have said it last week, but if it wasn't for a certain Norwegian striker from Man City, I think we'd probably be talking about Harry Kane a whole lot more. Uh, Other things that caught my eye, uh, Arsenal were very lucky to get out of jail. Um, Bamford's penalty miss followed by an overturned red card for Gabriel and second penalty. So, look, as they say, winning form is good form. While they weren't that uh, convincing Arsenal, they are now four points clear on top of the ladder ahead of Man City after their loss to Liverpool, which was a very professional display by Liverpool. We're all very worried worried about the back four. Um, but, you know, having someone like a Milner at right back rather than Trent might have actually shored him up a little bit. Um, you know, granted, City did score a goal that was chalked off uh, through Phil Foden for a foul from... Uh, uh, Harlan, but look, overall, um, Liverpool's performance has probably put them back on the radar now for the week ahead. Jamie, was there anything that caught your eye? Yeah, if we just go back to Liverpool, um, before the game, you know, all the news was coming out about injuries from the Liverpool camp, and I was, you know, I don't like Liverpool anyway, but I was actually fearful what sort of score it would be. You know, City, it was just a matter of City showing up and pumping him. And then when I saw the uh, team sheet, you know, Milner, the donkey in right back, and then you've got Joe Gomez right next to him, two quickest, you know, they're not the quickest guys going around. I thought Foden would have had a field day. Just could never get it going. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Liverpool came out and, um, you know, got the win. And I'm sure we'll talk a bit about Liverpool a little bit later. But basically... What stood out to me, I watched the um, the Brighton-Brentford game and it was great as a Tony owner for him to get the two goals, but the scoreline didn't reflect the actual game. Um, you know, Brighton had seven shots to Brentford's three. Uh, they had 73% possession as well. And I think that, you know, for people who brought in Trossard this week, you know, they're a bit stiff, but I think it was the right move. You know, Brighton are still looking good, um, you know, and players like Trossard are getting in good spots. You know, he's almost playing like a second striker. So, you know, um, you know, and they've got a plum fixture uh, coming up as well. And then I also watched Leicester and Crystal Palace because as, as a Madison and Zaha owner, I thought that this would have been goals galore as well. Um, but... It finished a dull nil all. Uh, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, I've I've also had a few mates uh, remind me last week's uh, take it to the bank may or may not have been the Crystal Palace Leicester game to be an absolute goal fest. So, <laughs> my mates actually put the uh, captain's armband on Zaha after hearing that. So, didn't work that too well oh, for him. Nah, you all win my beer for that one. Um, you know, you know, Crystal Palace had the one shot on target all game. And, and you know, I'm not sure if it's from last year, but I always have a Crystal Palace team, you know, attacking and getting shots on goal. Uh, it just didn't happen last game. So I don't know if things have changed a little bit under Vieira, but, um, you know, that's a space that I'll just keep an eye on. Have they maybe lost their link man in uh, Connor Gallagher? Would that... Could that be the sort of missing link from that side that they had on the park last year? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you haven't 
I'm not sure, you know, who that person is. I know that maybe Eze has sort of taken on that spot and he's looked okay. You know, he had a good week last week, um, but maybe they are missing that sort of high energy pressing player who comes late in the box. Um, you know, because Gallagher was chipping in with some goals last year. I think they're also missing that anchor uh, in midfield, that that defender who just shields the back four. Um, I just don't think they've got that sort of player anymore. Um, who was it that they, MacArthur, um, you know, Milivojevic, they were protecting the back four. They don't seem to have that much anymore. So I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, another one, was, you know, Tottenham were plucky. They got the win, um, but Everton didn't have a shot on target either. Um, so, you know, they really, they're really playing without a proven striker there, uh, and it's good for Newcastle, um, you know, who, who they're playing this week. Yeah, I watched that game too, the Spurs game, and the two best chances in the first half well and truly were Everton. Um, they had two chances where... You know, if it was if it was a striker that was a bit more uh, clinical, um, they would have at least scored one of them. So, you know, look, they probably missed uh, Anthony Gordon, who was out suspended. So maybe if it was him on the end of them, then they might have scored, which would have been great for us because all the plenty of teams brought in Spurs players over the weekend. Um, so it would have been nice, but wasn't to be. Did you have anything else, Jamie, that uh, caught your eye or was that it for the week? No, nah, that's it for me. All right. Well, moving on to the stat of the game week. So we haven't gone into the depth and detail like we normally do this week. But since Bournemouth lost 9-0 to Liverpool, they are the only unbeaten team in the Premier League, which is quite an astounding statistic. That's, that's yeah, that's massive. Um, I, I can't believe that's even a fact. I think, um, was that Scott Parker's last game as well? I think it might have been, yeah. I think it may have been. So maybe maybe bringing in a new manager has just shored them up um, because they were, you know, a def- you know a team to target. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... I think they're now in the top half of the table. So, yeah, they've uh, been performing very well since the, since the night we lost to Liverpool. Now... Moving on to more so looking to preview now the week ahead, but uh, the notable players on one yellow, uh, sorry, the notable players on four yellow cards who are only one away from suspension. I think before we start this segment, we definitely need to mention James Madison's 94th minute yellow card for simulation, killing all of our plans that we'd all, we all had these nice little plans in place for the week ahead in game week 12 with all the blanks ahead. And he's just gone and done that to us. So um, the following players are the players that are also in that position where they're on four yellow cards. So I haven't obviously listed all of them, but the more sort of notable ones are Bruno Fernandes, Diego Dallo, my boy Ivan Tony, and the Arsenal duo of Jesus and Saliba. So those players, probably more so the last three, are probably in a lot of sides at the moment. So moving forward, just be wary that if one or two of them do happen to pick up a yellow card, they'll also miss. Yeah, and the one that hurts the most is the Madison one um, because he's got a fixture this week um, and he's, you know, it, 
it's changed a lot of plans for people, including myself. Um, so it just, yeah, it's just mixed up the plans a little bit. So just some extra thinking has gone into it ever since I saw that yellow come out of the pocket. But anyway, um, I was, we'll deal know, with it and move yeah, on. Yeah, I was planning on having him as my uh, skipper this week too. So completely throughout all the planning. So, um, but yeah, we'll uh, work on the sides a bit later in this podcast. So on to buy, hold, sell, wait. So I think just prior to running through a few of the players, I think, you know, the fact that, City and Arsenal blank this week. We we won't talk about them during this segment, but we'll probably talk about them more during our team reveals. But look, the first players, Madison at eight point three million. So now his fixtures are suspended, Wolves, City, and then Everton. What are you planning on doing with him, Jamie? Um, Madison will be going. So it's a it's a sale for me. You know, but if if you can field if you can field eleven, you know you could hold him, um, you know, and roll a transfer. Or if you've got ten at the moment, um, you know, maybe you could do something else and keep him for thirteen against Wolves. That could be a decent fixture. He'll be rested as well, um, so that's something to consider too. But it just depends on your team. But he'll be leaving my side. Yeah, for me, he'll be leaving because I've still got my wild card. So I think. I'd probably be 50-50 if I didn't. So, but yeah, for me, for me, he's an easy sell. You know, yes, I do have 0.4 worth of value in him because I bought him for 7.9, he's 8.3. So I'll only be selling him for 8.1. But I'd hope that if I sell him now or if I sell him tonight when the prices haven't changed, sell him for 8.1, maybe his price will drop in between now and maybe the city the city game because you'd assume that a few might sell him as well just before that fixture. Now probably the form player of the Premier League at the moment. That's only only the last two games that I go by. Mason Mount seven point seven twenty seven points last two weeks. Fixtures are Brentford, Man United, Brighton, and Arsenal next four. Yeah, he's looked really good. I, I never considered him an option in midfield, you know, with the names of everyone else, like, you know, your Bowen, your Martinelli, Saka, Foden, Zaha, Madison. His name just never entered the fray. But I just think now, uh, based on his last two weeks and with Potter's new system, he seems to almost be drifting in behind the striker. You know, Aubameyang might come deep um, and then Mount will be, you know, in that forward position so he's definitely an option now um i i would i would buy him um at at 7.7 you know he's he's the cheapest of of all of you know the eight you know 8.0 midfielders when the season started so yeah i i I would buy him um if you need someone to replace madison and you don't want to go to trossard what about you demo for me i mean i'm feeling a little bit Ordinary, the fact that it was probably Mount or Sterling when I was going to take my punt uh, two or so weeks ago. So, had I gone Mount over Sterling, it'd probably be in the top four or five thousand at the moment. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Now, look, I know he scored twice on the weekend and scored extremely well. First goal was a mistake from Mings that Mings normally wouldn't make a mistake like that with just a shocking header that was supposed to go forward and up going sideways. And his second goal was a free kick. And if you watch the positioning of the goalkeeper, got completely wrong-footed. And Mount's free kick didn't go into the corner. 
it just went slightly under the bar. And if the actual goalie had have just held where he was and didn't move, I reckon he would have saved it. So, yes, he scored well the last two weeks, but I think it's a little bit of a false uh, currency. I still think Sterling is a better option. Yes, he's a bit more expensive, but I still think Sterling's a better option. Sterling did also happen to hit the post. Yes, I'm being a little biased, but I don't think Mount is worth 27 points in the last two weeks the way he's played. I think he's been fortunate. So, and looking at those fixtures, look, two of the next four aren't great in Man United and Arsenal, and one's Brighton as well. So, um, I'm not that bullish on him, but let's see if he proves me wrong. Now, probably, I think he's the second most transferred in player at the moment this week. Trossard from Brighton, 6.9. Next three fixtures, Nottingham Forest, Man City, and then Chelsea. Yeah. I would buy him, you know, if you want to get rid of Madison, if you've got, you know, another person in midfield or, you know, if you want to get it, you know, to 10 or, or 11, I think Trossard's the standout player for this week against Forrest. They're the team to target this year in Fantasy Premier League. Um, you know, as I said earlier, he, he seems to be playing sort of like a, you know, a second striker next to Welbeck. Uh you know, he's not playing wing back like he was, you know, at the start of the season under Potter. Um, so, you know, and, and it could only be for one week as well. Not everyone's in a good position like you, Dimmer, with the wild card. So you can bring him in for this week and then just transfer him straight out if you've got the money in the bank. Um, and a lot of people would by selling James. You could go to your Foden or Saka or, you know, whoever in game week 13. So I think Trossard... I think he's the guy that will definitely be coming in for for me for Madison. Yep. What about you, Dimmer? Yeah, I mean those fixtures aren't great, but the fact he's got Forrest in a week that's you know where we got so many players who aren't playing means you know he's a lot more valuable than just that one fixture. I think it's a great call and a great shout by you saying he's an excellent uh, placeholder to go from. You might look at him this week. And then the week after, that's when you can go back to a Foden or a Saka or someone like that. So um, the fact that I've got the wild card makes it very easy to be able to buy him this week and then essentially sell him in 13. So for me, he's a buy. Ivan Tony, 7.4 million. Next four, Chelsea, Villa, Wolves, Nottingham Forest. Hold. I've got him. I'll be holding him, even though he's got Chelsea. Villa have been looking very ordinary. Wolves, yeah. And there's talk, there's talk actually Wolves might be getting their old manager back, um, Santo. So we, we know that he likes to be a defensive team first. Um, but I still think it's a good fixture for Brentford because they just attack. Uh, and then they've got Forrest later on too. Um, if people need a striker who's nailed on, with no Champions League, who's on penalties and free kicks, I think Tony's your man. Um, you keep referring to him as your boy. He's my boy now as well, finally. Um, what do you think about Tony Dimmer? Will you be keeping him on wild card? I think he's a set and forget from now till the World Cup for all the reasons you said. He won't be playing as many games as the teams that are all in Europe. He's on set pieces. He's on penalties. He's, on, he's pretty much the man at... Uh, Brentford, most of the play always goes through him. Very, very uh, 
confident, and he also knows that he's a very sought-after asset in Fantasy Premier League, and he does tweet about it a fair bit. He does too. Look, for me, I would love to have four forwards who I could set and forget and keep at the moment because there's probably, for me, four standouts. I mean, and sorry, there's four standouts, but probably six or seven who you who you'd want. And Tony's one for me who will be surviving the wild card. And just watching him against Brighton, you know, he he took his chances. He's such a good penalty taker as well. Uh, I think it's 17 out of the last 18. Don't quote me on that, but it's something like that. 26 of the last 27 it is. 26 of the last 27. So even better. He's got a funny way of taking it. And, you know, just watching him play on the weekend, you know what, as a Man United owner, I was thinking this guy could be a really good signing for United. Um, he he has the characteristics of a striker, I think that could suit Manchester United because he's taller than he looks, he's stronger than he looks, so he can hold off, you know, the centre-backs and, you know, use his strength that way. He's quick, um, you know, he can, he can place his shot, um, I I just think I think he's an all around really good striker, and in a better team, I think he could really thrive. That that's just something that popped into my head anyway. So if I'm thinking that he's definitely not leaving my fantasy team, I think we need to remember that Tony's my boy and not yours. So let's just you know pull your jets <laughs> on Tony. All right. Um, moving on to someone who's definitely uh, shut me up the last fortnight. Although I don't know if his form is warranted, but Dominic Solanke from Bournemouth, 5.8 million. Next four fixtures, Southampton, West Ham, Tottenham, and then Leeds. Yeah, so I've got some stats on Solanke because a lot of people were bringing him in on, on the wild card. And look, up until now, it's paid off. Everyone's done well. However, I'll just read out some of his hauls. So in game week six, he got 12 points. He had one shot in the box. He had one chance created with an expected goal of 0.2. In game week 10, he got eight points. He had one shot in the box, one chance created, an expected goal of 0.3. In game week 11, he got 12 points. He had two shots in the box, one chance created, an expected goal of 0.4. So out of his last six attacking returns, his expected goals have been less than one. Now, this could say something here. It could either be, um, you know, he's rubbish. Uh, or it could be saying, you know, he's a clinical finisher here. He just needs to, you know, get a glimpse of goal and he'll put it in. So everyone can make their mind up on Solanke. I wouldn't go anywhere near him because as you said before, there's probably four standout strikers everyone would want and there's probably six or seven that you could have as an option, and I would have all six or seven before him. Yeah, same. Um, look, he, as, as we said, he's performed well from a fantasy Premier League point of view the last fortnight, but his actual performances haven't been as good. I mean, so for those owners that bought him a fortnight ago, well done. Um, you know, and if you've got him, I think he's a hold against uh, Southampton this week. But then, you know, after that, is it then maybe time to start to look at some of the other strikers from other other teams? Now, onto the Spurs' defence, which hurt 
my rank and your rank um, on the weekend. So I've just sort of highlighted two of them. I've highlighted Dia at 5.2 and Doherty at 4.6. Their next four fixtures, Man United, Newcastle, Bournemouth and Liverpool. Jamie, are you semi-interested in them at all at the moment? No, I I wouldn't go anywhere near them. Um, yeah, they've returned well, especially Dyer recently. Um, but looking at those fixtures, I think if you wanted to get on Doherty, it was probably the last game week is the one you wanted to get on him. You definitely wouldn't want to bring him in against Man United. Even though they were kept scoreless against Newcastle, I, I think Man United will score. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere, anywhere near him, Dimmer. How about yourself? Yeah, the other... Factor in with uh, Doherty is he is uh, competing on that right wing back position with uh, Royale, who's back from suspension after the Manchester game. So, uh, you know, is he nailed on? No, he's not. So, yeah, for me, it's look, I probably won't buy any Spurs defenders until probably after the World Cup, I think. Now, last but not least, Liverpool. So we talk about Salah at 12.7, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who apparently was red flagged, but came on overnight against Manchester City at 7.2. So he's probably one as well that's back in the frame. Their fixtures are West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Leeds and Tottenham. And isn't it amazing what one goal can do? The most transferred in player this week already is Mohamed Salah. And... With Jota being injured late in that game against Manchester City, I think we're going to see some more minutes for some of the Liverpool forwards. Jamie, what are you thinking with your Liverpool assets? I think that for, for, for teams that had both Trent and James, some people opted to sell Trent. They'd be spewing about that right now. Um, even though they've got some decent fixtures over the next three, I wouldn't go anywhere near Trent just until we see, you know, how he, you know, how he shapes up, how he goes, because he's been looking pretty ordinary. Yeah. Look, recently. I'm not really interested in Trent right now, purely because, you know, Liverpool are playing in Europe. So they've got, they've got a fair bit going on there. Secondly, though, they looked a lot more solid last night against Manchester City. So, look, this almost could be a bonus in that we, we might see Trent play more, uh, higher up the pitch because um, he'd be a great right sort of wing player or anything like that. It just sort of depends on how he'd fit in with Salah. But yeah, Liverpool overnight looked obviously much more solid to keep uh, City out. So look, for me, I'm probably not going to buy any this week because, you know, Salah's price point's a little bit too hard for me to get to. I'd have to make four probably transfers in order in order to get there. And that's not what I want to do. So I'm just going to back the players I've got this week. But they're probably back in the frame for me in 13 when I'll be using my wild card. Yeah, and I think that it's easy for for players to get to Salah, for example, if you have Kevin De Bruyne, because it's almost like a sideways move. Um, but, you know, seeing him get that hat-trick midweek, seeing him get the goal against City, and the way that he just stared down you know, the cop end when he scored and got that winner. You, I don't know. I just got to sense his back, you know. So I think that um, – I think he's a buy this week. Also, 
for a reason. They're playing West Ham. West Ham are leaking goals. And West Ham have four centre-backs out. Zuma, Ogbonna, Dawson and Aguered. They're all injured. Um, so it could be, you know, an opportunity to get on him. And if you get on him, he's the captain choice this week, isn't he? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I'll cover more off on Salah, you know, shortly. But if you're in a position, you can go sideways. He's a buy. If not, you can wait a week because he's got Nottingham Forest in 13. Yeah. The other thing to factor in with Liverpool assets is they've got the shortest turnaround time between now and their next game and then the shortest turnaround time again between 12 and 13. So with that will come rotation. Now, look, you know, Salah's probably one of the most nailed-on players, as we know, but does that mean that he starts one out of those two fixtures? So, look, time will tell. All right, moving on to the weekly Twitter polls. So the, we actually did two this week. So the first one was, how many players are you going to field this week? I've, you know, I've spoken to many people. Some are looking at, you know, fielding the full 11. Some aren't. Personally, I'll be fielding 10 this week. Um, but I guess the poll result was 35% of people are going to field a full team this week. 39% are going to field 10. 21% are probably going to look at nine and 5% are going to field eight or less. Jamie, are you fielding 10 this week, nine or more? Uh, the way that things are shaping up at least 10 this week, at least 10, um, you know, but I'm surprised to see the 53% can field a full 11. That just shouts to me a lot of hits are being taken there um, to get to that point. Yeah. No, there's... Um... There's, there. I've I've seen I've seen on Twitter some minus fours, eights. I, I've even seen a twelve. So there's some really uh, interesting moves this week with uh, you know some players getting suspended and injured as well. So yeah, it's going to be very very interesting how this uh, shapes up in between now and then. Now um, we also put it out there in the Twitter sphere the best captain choice. Now we just chose four. Um, so. Those four were Salah, Kane, Zaha, and Trossard for this week. So I'll just run through them. So Zaha came in at the bottom of as 8%. Now, he scored in both games last year versus Wolves. So he has to demand some sort of respect there. So Zaha at 8%. Trossard at 23% playing against Nottingham Forest. Kane at 28% against Manchester United. And as we said before, it's amazing what a week can do. Mohamed Salah, 41% as the preferred captain for this week. Now, as it stands, I actually only own one of those players at the moment. Um, I'm hoping to own two of them by the end of, the, of my trades. But I guess to summarise, this is the hardest week of the year, I think, for uh, uh, the captain. You know, for the last four or five weeks, we've seen, you know, Haaland at 60, 70, 80, 90%. This week, we're going to see a real even spread. Like It might be something like 30-30-20-20 type thing. It's going to be a real even spread. So, um, you know, Jamie, we are going to talk about our sides shortly. But, you know, after seeing that poll, has that, has that maybe swayed you at all? No, it hasn't swayed me. Um, I could never get to Kane. Um, 
but I think I think if you have him, he's the obvious choice this week, just because he's on penalties and he's you know he's priced as well. He's a premium player, um, but yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people are already backing Salah. A lot of people think he's back as well. And look, you know that's a beautiful thing about fantasy where sometimes you need to go early. But you know he could haul this week, and then everyone will be on him against you know, Nottingham Forest, but sometimes you just have to go with your gut and make those calls. And maybe a lot of people are, or it's just recency bias, you know, that he scored against City. I don't know why, you know, but um, just hasn't changed the way I'm thinking about it. Um, But one of those players will likely be my captain this week, which I'll go into later after our side anyway. Okay. All right. Now, speaking of this week, let's start talking about our strategies. So, we said two or three weeks ago that these are the fixtures that are really going to make and break um, a lot of seasons as far as the fantasy Premier League landscape's concerned. Um, you know, with all the blanks, with all the injuries, with, you know, the sides playing every three or four days, uh, it's it was crucial to have a bench. Now, we might start with your team, Jamie, and what's your strategy moving forward to be able to navigate through 12, but at the same time, make sure that you do have players ready for 13 to 16 prior to the break for the World Cup. Now, it's probably also worth noting that um, Jamie has used his wild card, like probably most people out there. So he's going to talk through his strategy as someone who's used their wild card. And then after he's he's announced his team and his thoughts, I'll then announce my team with the wild card still to come in 13. So over to you, Jamie. Yeah, so I think that before I just read out my team, I think it's important for everyone to keep in mind that you don't need to um, make wholesale changes just for this week because City and Arsenal aren't playing. Yes, Dimmer can because he's got the wild card up his sleeve because we still have a run of games from 13 to 16 where some teams have some really good fixtures and, and you'll you'll want to own two or three of those players, you know, who are playing in City and Arsenal and maybe Liverpool as well. Um, But if I go to my side at the moment, uh, I've got Pope in goals, I've got Trippier, Dunk and Guihi and Neko Williams. It was good to see him actually start now. So he could just, you know, get two points for me this week. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I have Zaha uh, at the moment, uh, Pereira, um, because I don't have Madison playing anymore or De Bruyne or Martinelli. Uh, And then up front, I've just got the two, Mitrovic and Tony, uh, because Harlan, of course, isn't playing. Um, So at the moment, I can field nine without a transfer. It was 10 before Madison. So my options are Madison to Trossard, and that gets me to 10 players, and then that gets me my captain um, for this game week. That's that's an option there. I've got two free transfers to use anyway, so I could do that and I could roll one. Option number two is I can do Madison to Trossard and then I can do KDB to Salah and that gets me 11. And then Salah, of course, 
is my captain. I've got enough money in the bank because this week I sold James for Dunk. Then basically, you know, going back to option one, well, I'll talk about option two because I, I can talk about both scenarios here. If I go Madison to Trossard, Trossard doesn't have good fixtures in 13 and 14. He's got Man City and he's got Chelsea. In 13, I could go straight off him up to a Foden or Saka. That'll probably come down to flicking a coin. But I think that's that's the likely move I'll make. Um, if I bring in Salah for KDB, even if he doesn't show anything against West Ham or he blanks, he's got Forrest in 13, and that's quite tasty because I was actually considering, you know, before Mitro was fit and scored a goal, I was even considering Darwin for Mitrovic somehow. Like I was looking at that as an option because, you know, to be honest, I cracked the shits with um Mitro, you know, since I brought him on a wild card because he replaced Jesus, he kept scoring and Mitro did nothing and then he got injured. Um, so I was considering Darwin. But after watching, you know, Man City-Liverpool, yeah, Jod is injured, so Darwin might get a game. But I didn't like him sitting on the bench because Klopp may favour Firmino and then even bring Cavalio in on the left. I just don't know what Klopp will do because even when Darwin came on, he, he didn't look crash hot. He wasn't him. You know, he wasn't impressing me at all. Um, so Mitro and Tony are definitely staying. So, it, you know, I'm tossing up either just Maddo to Trossard, going with 10. It's not the end of the world. I might get a small green or a small red. Um, but then I've got two for 13, which might allow me to go straight to Foden and Saka. Or option two is I can bring Salah in and... and this is how I'm thinking at the moment, Dimmer, uh, where the last few weeks, you know, if I, I just feel like, you know, I've been doing sort of one transfers, one transfers, I, you know, I've, I had something like five green arrows in a row, but they were only little ones. And look, a green arrow is a green arrow. You take that any day, but they were just little. I was just like a boxer on the outside, just jabbing my way to a decision win. You know, that's all I was doing. And now I'm thinking... You know, I might have an opportunity here to get my name up in lights, get myself, you know, on the cover of Sports Illustrated with a, you know, a knockout here. I could bring Salah in and captain him. And um, if it comes off, I could have a massive rank jump. Um, so this is the dilemma that I'm currently faced with that I need to, um, you know, get my head around have a look at the press conferences, but I definitely have an appetite to take a punt this week. So I'm leaning towards option number two. What do you What do you reckon, Dimmer? For someone who's in my situation without the wild card? Yeah, so your side's probably two or three transfers ahead of mine at the moment as far as the way it's set up. And that, and that is obviously because you've used your wild card and you were able to work out who was available in 12 and who wasn't. So I think... Option one and two, you could actually go either. And that's where you got to make that decision on, you know, who do you want to make as your, uh, the captain. The only thing is, you know, you need to be able to navigate in 13 back to those Man City, back to those Arsenal assets, which, you know, and that's where you got to work out. Do you want to make two transfers this week? Meaning you'd probably have to make two the following, which is a minus four. 
or do you take the two frees this week and then just go the one next week? So uh, it's a bit of a tricky one, Phil, for you. And I've, I've thought about exactly what you said too because, you know, going into 13, I'd love to have Saka and Foden. Would love to have them both. And if I go option two, I can't. So it just means that I would have to pick one above the other because I don't want to do a minus four. Um, so it might just have to wait till 14. You know, if I go Foden in 13 against Southampton, um, then in 14, if I can get to Saka, um, or even Jaisal's up top, um, they're playing Forest that week too. So, um, yeah, a bit to think about, bit to think about. But what's your strategy, Dimmer? Uh, well, yeah, my strategy's always been with the money that I've got tied up in four players, I, don't, I was always going to hold on to them. So those four players are obviously Harland. So, um, you know, there's no way I'm trading him out with the money that I'd lose. Martinelli... Uh, Cancelo and Saliba. So Saliba I bought for four and a half. He's now 5.1. So I I don't think I can trade him out because I do I actually do want to bring him back in and it's just a bit of a waste. So I'll be rolling with 10 this week. Um, I'm just thinking about it with my strategy. The fact I've got the wild card in 13 means I can essentially dead end my team this week, which is a nice thing to do. It's a nice uh, position to be in because Definitely. I'll, be, I'll be picking players this week I'd, I would never pick <laughs> normally in fantasy. It's it's the cliche one-week punt. That's what I'll be doing. Who's on the target list? So looking at my side, so I might just read out my side at the moment and then I'll read out the, the, the ones I'm looking to trade out. So at the moment, what I'm rolling with is poping goals, Trippier at the back. I don't have any other playing defenders at the moment. I've got Diaz from Man City, James. I've got um, Saliba and Cancelo. So two of my three transfers this week, because I'm going to take a minus four, which I do have my two frees up my sleeve, but two of the three transfers are going to be backline players. Okay. And then in the midfield, it's Zaha, Sterling and Andreas Pereira, it would have been Madison, but he's out. And Martinelli, is, is, I'm just holding. Up front, I'll have Mitrovic and Tony with Harlan benched. So I've got 0.9 in the cap. Seven players available at the moment, but seven players will be 10. So I said to myself weeks ago that if I can be in the top sort of 100 to 150,000 by the time we get to game week 13, I'll actually be pretty happy because I'm going to use my wild card for those four weeks in between 13 and the World Cup. The fact I'm 51,000 now, the, you know, if uh, I can stay under 100,000 this week or if I can even hold my rank, puts me in a really good position to be able to really go after the, the next four game weeks with triple Arsenal, triple Man City, probably double Liverpool. Like I'm, I'm going to go real, real hard at it and... For players that have already used their wild card, they simply cannot do that. So I'll hopefully be in a very fortunate position. As for this week, look, subject to the press uh, conferences, but as I said, I will be taking a minus four, which really is a minus two. Because if you've got a blank 
and you're going to pick someone to play and they score two points, you're only worse off by two points. So that's why, you know, having a look online, there's been many players taking minus fours. I've even seen some very highly ranked players this week taking minus eights. So it's not, it's not, I guess, something normally done. But if you've got blanks, and we saw it last year with all the games that were getting scrapped and all the games that were getting moved and all the games were getting postponed, we saw sometimes teams taking minus 12s who were scoring through the roof. The only difference is this time around is you don't want to trade out too many of your existing Arsenal and Man City assets and then buying them back and losing all the value. So you've got to find that kind of happy sort of medium. So my strategy is the one-week punt. And looking at the fixtures, I'd say I'll only be looking at players from the following teams. Brighton have got Nottingham Forest at home, which is the best fixture possible. Newcastle are playing Everton at home. Now, I've already got Pope and Trippier from Newcastle, so I may already have enough from them. Crystal Palace have got Wolves at home. Now, Wolves, we know, struggle to score. I think they've kicked four goals all season. So that's where, you know, do I look at a Palace defender? And the last team that I'll be targeting is, well, Liverpool against the West Ham, uh, a weakened West Ham. So my three three transfers, I'd say, are all going to come from either Brighton, Palace and Liverpool and maybe Newcastle, but I've already got two from there. So probably Brighton, Palace and, uh, and Liverpool. So, you know, again, I have not made up my mind what I'm going to do, but if two of them have got to be defenders and one of them's going to be a midfielder and I don't have enough funds to go to Salah, it's probably looking like Trossard in the middle. And then, you know, you're probably looking at either a Brighton, Liverpool or Palace defenders to fill the other two spots. I will have more than enough money to buy whichever ones that I want because of what uh, the money I've got in my salary cap now and moving from Madison down to Trossard. So, you know, could it be someone like a Dunk? Could it be a Webster from Brighton? Could it be a Gwehi or, I don't know, Anderson from Palace? Or could it be Virgil van Dijk or someone like that from Liverpool? It's it's a one-week punt. You never know. Set piece. West Ham missing all of their centre-backs. He's going to be very, very lethal when it sort of does come to the corners. And no one else will have him. So if he scores a seven or eight pointer or, you know, a uh, 10 pointer, that's not just a, you know, a small sort of rank rise. That could be climbing 25,000 spots, 20,000 spots. So I've got a fair bit to sort of ponder, but that's what I'm thinking at the moment, Jamie. Any, anything you want to pick apart there or any, any thoughts on that? I think your safe pick is to bring in you know, the Crystal Palace and Brighton defender, that's your safe pick. If you, if you want to go for it this week, I, I didn't even consider Van Dyke. I more had in my mind like a Gomez just because, you know, he was the only one in my sort of price bracket, you know, that I could bring in last week. But, you know, option two, your option two, you could go for it and bring in a Van Dyke. Um, West Ham haven't been scoring the house down. Yeah, they've looked okay in, in moments going forward. You know, Skamaka's look all right. Bowen's back on form a little bit. Um, you know, and, and as you said, 
you know, I think Liverpool would get a lot of corners. And, you know, if you get that big towering Dutch centre-back walking in the box, you know, starting off, you know, at the penalty spot and attacking the near post and, oh, it's hard to stop him. Um, and then, you know, it looks like your other option in midfield, you know, is probably Trossard for Madison there. And that's, you know, that's an appealing fixture there. If you, if you made that move, would he be your captain then? Or would you go with, you know, a Sterling because he's, you know, 9.9 million or what do you think? Yeah. See, Sterling played 89 minutes and we know that uh, Graham Potter likes to rotate the squad. That's why, you know, all the all the people buying Mason Mount as well, he, he played most of the game, if not all of it as well. So... Just a little bit uh, not sure what to do with Sterling. So I think I won't captain him because he's a risk of playing for one minute. You know, he's a risk of maybe playing 20, 30 minutes. So for me, yeah, look, I'd say for me, probably the front runner to be captain this week is probably Trossard if, if that's the way we go. And then the only other decision is picking three out of, well, picking two out of one of the Liverpool defenders, one of the Brighton defenders and one of the Palace defenders. Um, you know, if Trent was nailed, he'd be straight in, but he's not. And if uh, Robertson was nailed, he'd be straight in too. But after, you know, coming back from an injury and the fact that they have the shortest break in between game week, 12 and, uh, game week 11 and 12 and then again the shortest between 12 and 13... I'm just, I don't think he starts in both games and I don't want to be, I don't want to have to stare at a team sheet, especially in a week where I'm only fielding 10 and to not have all my players starting. I think I'd rather just bank on having starters. So for me, it's probably only out of Van Dyke from Liverpool, Dunk and probably Webster from Brighton and Gwayhe and Anderson from Palace. I'll be picking two of those five. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. Well, good luck to, to you, Dimo. I hope you picked the right yeah. one. And um, so I won't. Look, hopefully... <laughs> no, you've been doing all right. Um, well, hopefully we both get green arrows and then next week will be a big episode. So I hope everyone tunes in because uh, it's Dimmer's wild card. Um, so it's going to be a massive one. Yep. So tune in, everyone, and tell your mates as yep, well. That's it. Now tune in to the next episode, which will be later this week. Um uh, for those, if you want to, if you want to uh, reach out to Jamie or myself on Twitter, ask us a question. Our Twitter handles are at uh, FPL Dimmer for myself and uh, FPL Canton R Seven for Jamie. Uh, good luck, everybody! All the best this game week, and keep chasing those green arrows.